this is Mike and Tom from Mike Has a Drink. We just wanted to take a second and talk to you about our favorite app, Anchor. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you know, and even plus that, when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Yeah, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, man, it's totally free. So listen, you want to start a podcast, you're thinking about trying to figure it out. If the two of us (laughs) figured this out, how hard can it be? So go right now, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You won't regret it. Now there's nothing left to say, so let's go drink beer. Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! And some beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! Let's go drink some beer! Hey, shout out to our boys at Psycho Stick! That's Psycho Stick with beer. Don't say beer is good if you go to look it up on. If you tell Alexa to play it, she'll play some weird music and it's not the right song. So We don't vibe like that. No. We want to make sure the right one gets played. So, this is Mike. This is Tom. This is not Chelsea. And Chelsea's once again hanging out. If you're just tuning in, she's our silent partner. Um... Although I think like last week we got we did get a couple words out of her last week, so she's starting to break out of that shell. Uh, we're sad to announce that Reggie will not be joining us us this week. She is over touring Europe because she's got fancy friends that get married in foreign countries. So Reggie, we hope you're having a good time. Reggie, taking Reggie. lots of pictures. Bring us back some souvenirs. We hope you're going to bring it. But um, we don't like want like an Eiffel Tower statue, though, Reggie. No, we want like a chunk of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, we want something good. Eiffel Tower will not fit in with the bar theme here. Well, unless it's a real chunk of the Eiffel Tower, then it can be displayed in the pool room. That's fair. That's fair. Whatever you bring us, Reggie, we'll be happy. <laughs> um... It's a bachelor's pad. I don't have to justify how I decorate each room. It's good. So, like always, you have an idea for a topic. Counterpoint. You just want to come on and be a guest. You could either come on and be a silent guest like Chelsea. Um, send us an email. At MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Or check out our Facebook page. Mike has a drink. Uh, Shout out. I got it. Look, we're starting out here. I need to give a major shout out. This is like a double shout out. Ooh. Shout out number one to Miss Chelsea. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Finished nursing school. Thank you. Shout out number two to Miss Chelsea. I was like, it was. What day were we hanging out? Saturday. Yeah. It was Saturday, and I was like, man, we're like stuck at like 98 people. We need some more people to follow us on our Facebook page. So Chelsea goes, I got this. I got it. How many more do you want? And we were like, Tom and I were like, got two. Just two. <laughs> we just need to hit 100. Just two. Well, Chelsea worked her magic, cast a spell out there on Facebook world. And we're up to 116 Facebook followers. Yeah. So, way to go, Chelsea. Um, What else did I have? Let's see. We're up over 300 listeners. We want to thank you all for listening. Every time you play, even if you just listen to the first 45 seconds when Tom and I run our ad, that's all we're asking. Then you can hang up. 
Because we'll make a penny. That's how we get our big buck. That's right. We're getting buck. there, people. We're, well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to a buck here like before 2025. <laughs> we'll find out. So, this week's episode... Slow steady wins the race, Mike. That's right. you got to take your time, Tom. Well, what's the point? If you, if you just put a podcast out and you're world famous the next day... Then you don't appreciate the struggle. Well, not only that, but you're flashbang and you're quick to fade as quick as you show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, we were going to have Tom's friend on the episode this week. And unfortunately for her, she took a tumble, I guess. Yeah. Took a tumble uh, down and uh, injured her shoulder. Yeah, she's hurting pretty bad. Separated shoulder. It's it's fixed. But anyways, we don't want to put it out there. Any more than we just did. She can't make it. So, uh, you know, normally when that happens, our next step is we go, hey, Reggie! How you doing, Reg? Reg, hey, hey, pick that, like, brain of yours that functions at a different level than everybody else. Come up with a topic that you and two idiots can discuss. And she usually comes up with something. Well... She ignored all our calls because she was laying on a beach somewhere over there. And I don't know where she at. Portugal? I think she's in Portugal right now. Maybe. Yeah, we're not going to confirm or deny because we don't want uh, any of you stalkers to go over there and ask her for her autograph. Um, yeah, we want you guys to talk us, not Reggie. Yeah, yeah, please. Stop, feel free. Knock on the door. We'll sign anything you want. Just make sure you bring a bottle of wine for the next episode. Um, so, you know, Tom and I were thinking, and I, you know, I was like, you know, Tom... Well, hold on. Before we get on subject, Mike... Oh, uh, you're right. We're way too early. For Today, this- we, we want to thank our uh, our sponsor, our beginning sponsor, because we're quick to switch, because... Well, uh, you, know, you know how it is. We get, like, a glass and one swallow out of a bottle of wine. That's why we drink box wines. Much more efficient. Well, you know, I I thought it would be all right, you know, growing up and listening to the West Coast, East Coast rivalry for hip-hop. And, hey, look, Snoop Dogg has a, a red wine out now. As you just heard Mike Shutter, it's, it's not that great of an idea. Listen, this was made during his Snoop Lion phase. I'm telling you right now, oh, this stuff's... Thank God that bottle's empty. Um, it's bitter, people. Snoop. I'm very disappointed because, you know, this is one of the OGs. 19 Crimes, Cali Red, Snoop Dogg on the on the label. I will tell you, though. Snoop Dogg on the cork, too. That's the coolest thing. You pop that cork. I'll put that on our page, by the way. Yeah. Check it out on Facebook. Yep, you got Snoop staring right at you. But anyway, so the Cali Red's gone. Good riddance, Snoop. Um, we'll move to something else here next class. We'll see what happens. And also, to report back, last week, and I know the episode didn't get published, we had some issues, some technical difficulties, and I, I really think it comes down to I should not be allowed to try to publish the podcast at the end of the episode when I'm drunk. Right. Because I'll own it. This is the second time I've had an episode go haywire. I thought it went up to the cloud. Apparently it doesn't. But we had a taste test. Oh, it went somewhere. Yeah, just nowhere I can find it. I'll probably find it like next year. Um, when I trade phones, it'll pop up. But we had we had a competition between the OG, right? The OG of peanut butter whiskey. Oh, right, right, right. Screwball. Screwball, which is hands down my favorite. I can you know it. why? Chelsea, you know why? Why? Because Mike's a screwball. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That was that was good, Tom. Thank, that was thank really you, Mike. Good. That was good. That's going to come in handy whenever we go on tour. That's um, right. Versus Ballatin's peanut butter chocolate, which which was like one of the first ones we had on the when we did our episodes. It was one of our first ones, and I I was like, you know, that's it's not bad. But when you compare the two... Side by... There's no comparison. Yeah, there's no comparison. So people just, you know, 
if you're just cutting your teeth on peanut butter chocolate whiskey, then it doesn't matter, right? But if it's going to become your new thing, you just got to hit the screwball, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, with that being said, we're still ahead of schedule, but that's all right, because it might get long. Tom and I were thinking, and uh, we decided this episode is going to be about the villain of all villains, man. Lando Carizian? No. Johnny from Karate Kid. Ah. No, just kidding. Even though, even though, like, now that we're all grown up. That was the illegal kick. Johnny should have won. The illegal kick. And Daniel bullied Johnny the whole way through that movie. All the time. Think about it. Think about it. All right. All right. I will rewatch with. Rewatch it. I rewatch as Johnny is the hero in the fight. Not as Johnny is no, the real story. No, the whole story. Look. No, see, I haven't. I I'm, will rewatch look, it again with Johnny look, in the look, hero spot. I'm, I'm, I'm about to blur mine before we get to our real villain. Okay? First time they have conflict, right? It's on the beach. Right. They're kicking around a little soccer ball, whatever. Johnny comes down, is trying to talk to his ex-girlfriend. He's being all nice about it. He's not causing any problems. Right? And then little karate boy comes over. And it's like, yo, man, back up. Get out of here, right? If he would have never walked over, he would have never got beat up. He, he went over there looking for problems because he was trying to impress Allie. I see. All right, I'm cracking him. I'm cracking him, people. Number two. All right, reason number two. Next time there's a big issue, is it the Halloween dance? Mm-hmm. I know, Snoop, Snoop, Snoop. Give up the wine, brother. Um, oh. so or that, actually make it THC infused. That would make it worth it. I mean, yeah, at least we can <laughs> struggle through it then. So, listen, second time, Halloween party, right? Right. They're all at the dance. Old Daniel goes into the bathroom, right? Here's Johnny come in. Goes past him. Knows that he got into the last stall, right? Johnny didn't say anything. He didn't walk in saying that Daniel LaRusso kid's a punk, did he? No, no. He said, give me that joint, watch the door, right? So Daniel comes out of the bathroom in his little shower, which is an awesome costume, by the way. Um, Grabs the hose, puts it over Johnny's stall. Johnny was minding his own business, man. I mean, I'm, t- I'm gonna tell you what. I'm smoking a joint and you spray me with a hose. I'm gonna kick the shit out you too. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If he wouldn't have sprayed him with the hose like a villain, he wouldn't have got his ass. Well. Never happened, right. right? You know what? Yeah. Say, I've always been on it when Johnny was a hero in the fight because that swan kicks an illegal move. Mm-hmm. And then they chase down Daniel and they get beat up by an old man. That's right. Well, I mean, you can't villainize Mr. Miyagi, though. Um, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Mr. Miyagi. But, but, if you wouldn't have jumped over the fence and kicked those kids, then we wouldn't have had the karate war that we're about to have. (laughs) What the hell are you guys talking about? We're talking about the karate kid. Karate kid, you never saw the karate kid. Oh, I'm so... You no. never saw the crime! Oh my goodness! <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out what was going on. How here. the heck did you not ever see the crime? I don't kid? know. I've never seen it. Did you not have TV growing up as a child? I did. Because I did not. And I still saw the crime. I haven't seen a lot of the classics. Yeah, they didn't have TV in Canada until 93. No, that's not it at all. We had it, but you had to climb up on the roof. And I would, my dad would open the window, I'd go up on the roof, and I'd have to walk around with the antenna. Oh, right, 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 because hockey. Yeah, to make sure it was pointing in the right direction. And then he'd be like, that's it, right there. Make sure it's pointing over towards Alberta, because, you know. And then he would always just scream up, they got a goal, eh? That's dad, it's getting cold out here. Can I come in soon? No. 
Yeah. Just went to overtime. Yeah. Sorry, we're in triple overtime now. Don't worry about it. But so villain number one today, Daniel LaRusso. Villain number two, Lando Calrissian. Okay, I'll give him that. I mean, he hands he hands Han over to over to Vader. Who and Han was his he was his best friend, man. right? They were villain number three, the freaking Ewoks. <laughs> You're laughing. You're laughing. I am right. But those stormtroopers were minding their own business, doing their job. They were doing their job, Tom. And the Nazis were just taking orders, right, Mike? I'm talking about the Ewoks. <laughs> I'm talking about the Ewoks. They were guarding their base. And no, a little Ewok has to come. Well, you know why. Out and down the little path and throw a rock. You know why? Because little Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, Lukey, was like, Oh, look, they're bad guys. Go do this for Well, me. maybe he was a villain. He is the villain. <laughs> Vader's the hero. I mean, he attacks his dad, for God's sakes. Vader's the hero. Luke's the villain. All right. That's another episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> you done now? Our villain. Oh, we got. Yeah, we got like 45 minutes. No, something popped uh, up on your screen. A little message. Um, our villain was born January 14th, 1741. All right. He was born in Connecticut. Our villain was a Revolutionary War hero, Tom. More than once. Multiple times. And hopefully by the end of this episode, maybe we'll all decide he's not a villain. Just maybe. I don't have high hopes, but maybe. Alright, I'll fuck with it. So... Our villain of all villains is the guy that, instead of saying, don't be a traitor, right? Don't cheat. Don't be whatever. Don't be a Benedict Arnold. That's right. Our episode this week is on the man, the myth, the legend, Benedict Arnold. And... As you go through, and as I was kind of touching up on some of my research, it's kind of ironic, man, because during the during the whole initial process of we want to declare our independence, right? He was very outspoken against the British. Very much so, yes. Very outspoken because of the sugar tax. Yes, but because it was he was he was a merchant and it hurt his business, but. Even even before that, you know what I mean? It was like, we should represent ourselves. Why are they over there telling us what to do? You know, so he fell fell right in line with the founding fathers. Right. Um let's see. Did you know his dad went bankrupt? I did. And that he had to leave school at 14 to become an apprentice at an apothecary shop. Mm-hmm. For eight years until he opened his own, where he was very successful and also opened up a shipping company yep. between Canada and um, the Caribbean. Very good. And like 90 some percent of all sailors at that point in time when the insane sugar taxes came on went to smuggling illegal substances as rum and molasses. Very good, Tom. I'm very I'm impressed. You did your homework. Unlike Reggie, who decided to go travel the world. Right? Um, this is better, Reggie. No, it's not. I'm sorry. No, it really isn't. But that's all right. Yeah, you're right, man. That The Sugar Act, what, do you know what year? I didn't know. <laughs> The only reason I know is because it's in my notes, but it was 1764. And then do you know what followed the Sugar Act, Tom? What followed the Sugar Act? It has to do with a piece of paper. Declaration of Independence? No. Oh. What am I doing? The Stamp Act, Tom. The Stamp Act of 1775. You're enlightened, Mike. What happened was... The British have decided that, you know, hey, it's expensive to, like, maintain troops, 
this far from home. Right. So the congressman did her share. So the Stamp Act was a tax pretty much on everything and anything that had paper on it. It was like a pence or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But if you bought something in my store and I wrapped it up in paper so it wouldn't break because it was glass, you have to pay the stamp tax. You want to send some correspondence, you have to pay the stamp tax. You want to buy some tea, but it's in a box, guess what you're paying? The stamp tax. The stamp tax. They keep getting it. It's kind of like, kind of like, um, oh man, what's the movie? The figure skating movie. Which one? Where the, the guy used to be a hockey player. Oh, 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 oh. Cutting edge. Yes, it's cutting edge. kind of like the cutting edge. The stamp act wow. was like, Topic! <laughs> topic informed. Topic! Speaking of timeout, do you know that 31 out of the 34 NHL teams, who they have hired for their speed coaches? The Stamp Act? Former Olympic figure skaters. Mm -hmm. Because there's nobody more agile on ice. All about technique and power. Mm -hmm. And sorry for that interruption. Uh, hey, Mike. Mm. Uh, Do you know that he was actually uh, very temperamental? Mm. Very quick to challenge for a duel. Yeah, you know. He's one of those guys that took everything personally. Right. Everything is a slight on him. And we'll see that a little bit later, definitely. But, like, you know, his first duel happened against a British captain, um, Krosky. What it was is that um, oh, yeah. this captain had invited Benedict Arnold to a party before leaving. He was um, in, I think he was in Honduras. Yes. Uh, you know, before leaving port, and Arnold forgot to respond. He forgot to RSVP. So when he showed up to apologize, Krosky called him a damned Yankee that is destitute of good manners. Woo! Which then caused Arnold to challenge him to a duel. Um, Krosky missed. Arnold winged him in the arm. And then basically told him one more word and uh, I won't miss again. Yes, and he, you know, surprisingly enough, he accepted Arnold's apology at that point. Too. Right? So, uh, he leaves Honduras oh. now. Sorry, I forgot to uh, bring something up that's kind of ironic to me. Is that when he became a smuggler, he publicly whipped one of his employees for trying to report him. So it's just a bit ironic that, you know, he whipped a traitor and then becomes one. Who sings that song? Alanis Morissette. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? Um, so, eventually, you know, they, like Tom said, they start resorting to smuggling, right? Um, and basically, a lot of the merchants did business openly despite these taxes and just refused to charge them. Right. Until, the, until all of a sudden the British troops started standing in your stores. Um, he, he was, at this point, this was the first time he was looking at financial ruin, right? Right. We've talked about now how his dad was bankrupt, and he was in, a, in, in an apprenticeship and had to leave. Like a very well-to-do private yes, school. Yes, yes. Uh, they pretty much lost everything. Well, he was, he was basically, at the time, according to my paper here, like 16,000 pounds in debt. 
Which I don't even know. What would that even be now? Like three hundred million? I'm, well, three. It'd be around three mil yeah. because I actually have notes about how much he got paid. Well, how much he was supposed to get paid by the British government mm. in today's value, okay. and how much he actually got. Paid. Oh yeah, he didn't even get all that. No. So, but I have that in today's value as well. And no, you're 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 a little high. Okay. I'm not high, Tom. I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> Let's see what he did there. I don't, I don't want to walk into a drug test. <laughs> Speaking of... Uh, peace out, Snoop. Um, I passed my last drug test with flying colors. They said, Tom, there's not supposed to be colors in it. And I said, oh, shit. Well, I'm glad instead of doing research on Benedict Arnold, you were looking up bad jokes. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, These have all been gifted upon me by the universe, Mike. So, <laughs> sheesh. So, he eventually gets married. All right. She, he marries the sheriff's daughter. Mm-hmm. And they have some kids. But unfortunately, they get married in like 1767. And in 1775, she passes away. Leaving old Benedict Arnold with, I, I think at the time it's three kids. Three kids, yes. Who all follow their dad, and they all end up in service during during the upcoming Revolutionary War. I believe two two served with the British, and the third son, no, maybe one with the British, and the other two were, and the other yeah. two were with the, the American side. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere. Um, oh, this one has a picture on it too. The court, that is. We're having some gnarly head Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. I don't know. Cap. Ugh. We're having some. I don't know. Ugh. It's probably red again. We're having a. Thankfully, Snoop. Warren has yeah. left. Rest in peace. Ugh. So, his wife passes away. He's got to go make some money. Starts doing some trading again. Goes to the West Indies. Eventually, let's fast forward a little bit because I don't want to get into the this caused the revolution, this didn't, this didn't. You know, the American fight for freedom as most people should call it these days. Um... Some skirmishes break out in Lexington and Concord. The first two battles of the Revolutionary War. Yes. So he gets this idea. We need to go take Fort Ticonderoga. I believe that's the one. Saratoga? Saratoga. No, I was right. Okay. Fort Ticonderoga. Thank God for my notes. So he's he's basically going town to town raising the militia right. to go do this. But at the same time, someone else gets the same idea to do that. And I believe, well, let me check my notes because, you know, history and shit. Ethan Allen. Says that he's, yes, Ethan Allen and um, his Green Mountain Boys. And not in Horatio um, Gates. Okay, yep. So, well, that, no. Isn't he the one that had the fort? Um, I don't know where you're going. Okay. But I know what I found is it leads to the reasoning of. Arnold becoming a turncoat. Okay. Oh, well, no, we're not. With these two guys. They started it. Yes. So, they all go up, and basically, Ethan Allen and his guys refuse to accept that Benedict Arnold's in charge. Okay? They're like, yeah, he, he comes up with a strategy. They say, oh, okay, well, now we're going to do this. So, they take the fort. Benedict Arnold then takes some of the ships and forms the first... The first American the Navy. The first American Navy. Because the British were invading on uh, Lake Champlain. Yes. And they basically fight them off. 
They get a, create a bottleneck, and we actually control that for lost a while. all but two ships. Mm -hmm. But that gave enough time to force the British to regroup because of winter coming. There you go. So Ethan Allen goes back and tells everybody that Benedict Arnold didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, he was there. He was there. Right. But he came up with this plan and it was horrible. So, slight one. Okay, there it is. Strike one. So now the Revolutionary War is in full force. Well, I have a strike two before you get to your strike two. Okay. Before he became like um, the hero of Saratoga, he uh, he he got or no, it was after Saratoga, and he got so upset because five officers below him had been promoted, and he was left where he was at. Yeah. So that, along with Ethan Allen and Horatio Gates... We combine them to get strike one. Because in baseball time, there's only three strikes. Yeah. So, and, and unless you foul a bunch off, but that doesn't really count. Um, so, Revolutionary War breaks out, right? George Washington calls him up. I guess that doesn't happen. He writes a little note. He, he writes a little note, ties it on a pigeon, throws the pigeon towards Rhode Island. Benedict Arnold catches it, pulls the note out. He reads it. He's like, "Oh yeah, man, my boy George, he needs some help." So I'm gonna defend Rhode Island during the beginning of the Revolutionary War. Um, <laughs> it didn't go well. No, not so much. They're, they were poorly equipped, poorly trained, British overrun. So, he's on his way now to Philadelphia because, I don't know if you, some people may not know this, but, but, the best city in the world with the greatest sports team mascot in the world, best two, the Fanatic. And my main man, my main squeeze, you gotta love him, Gritty. Gritty is nothing but a uh, grimace on meth. That's what makes him so endearing. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what? I'll run with it. I like I, it. I don't see the penguin going up to the top of the stadium and coming down on a zip line and landing on skates. You also don't see Iceberg beating up little kids in the stands. Those little kids probably deserved it. I mean, they are Philly fans. No, they probably were the other team's fans. So, um, <laughs> That's so I mean, much listen, worse. Listen, listen, <laughs> we threw snowballs at Santa Claus at an Eagles game. You know, that does not surprise me. We're the best fans in the world. Most passionate. Oh. By far. Hands down. Anyways. Oh. Old, old school Raiders fans might have you talked. My podcast. Mike's rules. My rules. You're you okay. Listen, I will, I'm going to give you a warning for that one. I'm not going to kick you off for that one. That's a warning. Oh, we're getting official now, people. Or strike one, as they say in baseball. Oh, oh. So, anyways, Benedict Arnold now is like, I need to go to Philadelphia. I need to talk to George Washington. I need to talk to the Continental Congress. Because... There's no way that these troops aren't supplied. Are you guys like sending messages about me? Okay, all right. Well, then I don't want to know because you know the rules here. There's no lovey-dovey. There's no kissing. There's no cuddling. <laughs> no. Anyways. That's what that was. So he's on his way, but hears that there's some troops. Some British troops. And he has a small group of militia. And they try to stop the British at the Battle of Ridgefield. And this is where he really shows his bravery. Alright? Mm -hmm. He gets shot in the leg. 
Saratoga. <laughs> this is the first time it happened. Oh, okay. He rallies the troops. They hold out as long as they can, and they lose. Chelsea's having some technical difficulties. Um, so then he continues to Philadelphia. He meets with Congress. Uh, and he wants his rank, right? He, he wants an official rank. Right. So he becomes Major General Benedict Arnold. And he actually proves out, proves to be a genius. Right. On the battlefield, this guy is legit. He's a genius. He's out thinking things. He's, you know, he realized pretty quick that when you have a professional army that wants to line up in a straight line, face each other, count to three and shoot, it's not a great idea when your army Six months ago, we're working on farms. Right. Which is where um, we became quite dangerously skilled at guerrilla tactics. Yes. Because yes. we had to. Well, I say we, but, you know, obviously neither were alive then. But right, right. The Americans had to. That's true. Now, my ancestors, we were sitting... In lawn chairs at the falls, watching all the fighting going on. Probably buying rum and molasses from uh, them. Where do you think <laughs> it was making it, Tom? <laughs> no. <laughs> at this time, we got the maple syrup. We already got the beer factories, right? Molson very quickly switched from beer to rum. Alright, that might not be factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering. But we'll go with it. Alright, so, anyways. He gets, his, he gets his commission. He gets his army. And this is where legends are made, people. He starts winning a couple small skirmishes. He starts winning a couple battles. And then, the Battle of Saratoga happens, Tom. Right? If, if you were looking at two Pokemon cards. This was it. And this is, and you know, I'll, let me tell you, I don't know anything about Pokemon. But I'm going to assume if you're looking at two Pokemon cards, right, you got this cute little Pikachu. And then you've got the British, who are like the 12-headed dragon that has like four other baby dragons in front to protect it, right? Right. So... Benedict Arnold and his boys should have got wiped out. Without a doubt. What happened, Tom? Guerrilla warfare. They held out. Uh, but unfortunately, and, uh, this, here it is, people. I know everybody loves that fake scene in Braveheart, right? Where uh, William Wallace is like, Speaking, he gives his big speech, right? They can blah, take our lives, blah, 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 freedom, right? He gets shot through the leg. We're back to Benedict Arnold, people, yeah. not Way Moss. Not Way Moss. Way Moss tripped on his kilt and never even made it to the battle in real life. Actually, I don't even think he exists in real life. He did, but he was, he was, he, he was, he was a footnote. He yeah. was kind of like Ragnar, really was. Right. Uh, to quote Reggie, Ragnar is a footnote in history. Um, so, to quote Tom, William Wallace is a footnote in history. But, so he gets shot, his horse dies. He gets up, he keeps fighting. Climbs up on another horse, rallies his troops, and continues the battle. And do you know, because of that, to this day, in Saratoga National History Park is a monument to his leg. Yes. It does not mention him. No. By name at all. But it says to... Wait. It says to the... <clears throat> Tom to the brilliant soldier who was desperately wounded during the Battle of Saratoga. But it does not Did mention him by his name. Yes. 
And did you know that was put there by a Civil War general? I did not know that. I did. I can't remember the guy's name, but I remember that part from Civil <laughs> War history. Um, but the, he purposely left the name out. Right. Because he knew that they wouldn't let him put it there. Right. So, now, at this point, unfortunately, Benedict Arnold is not fit for the field, right? No, he's got the jealousy going on. He's got the brakes in his ears. Now, right? He hasn't been paid. He feels like he should have gotten another promotion for his job and his bravery. It doesn't come. He's now pulled out of the field, right? By Benedict or uh, by George Washington. So this is strike two, right? This guy is a leader. He's not a desk jockey. He gets pulled out of the field and sent to Philadelphia. Right. And he's not happy. I mean... So he moves into Philadelphia. He moves is anybody in. really happy when they're forced to go to Philly? <sighs> That's strike two. <laughs> that is your second warning. Your third warning, you're not going to make it through the next 19 minutes and 44 seconds. 46 seconds. You know, people, we joke about this all the time, but his, the look on his face really says different. So, he gets sent to Philadelphia. He moves into the old mansion of the the uh, appointed British mayor, governor, whatever he was, right? So, the tradition is, if you go into a city like that, especially after it's changed hands, right? They finally got it back from the British. You shut down all the businesses... You kind of take stock of what it all is. Right. And then people have to buy all of whatever you're selling first. Right? You get first crack. Scavenger's rights and all. Yeah. So, he does it. And it's going to cause him problems, Tom. All right. But this goes back. Like, this is like bad blood. He had an issue with this fellow before. Right. And he's going to have an issue later. But... I want to talk about Benedict Arnold falling in love. With his second wife? His second wife. Which many historians credit her and her family to him becoming Absolutely. her Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, because they were very openly loyalists. Yes. But, because, and on, but on top of it, when the British were there, mm -hmm. she had a little thing going on with Major John Andre. Oh, I did not know that about yes. Andre. Yes, he he's the British guy in charge at that point. In time. He is, and he's the one who gets. He's the one. Yeah. So let's connect the dots, right? Right. Here's Benedict Arnold. He's in love. Mm -hmm. And his love interest now is going to send him to the enemy. Right? It's safe. Don't worry, honey. Trust me. Right? So again, who Benedict Arnold? He's just trying to make his wife happy. <laughs> but we call him a villain. So anyways, he realizes... I mean, narcissism at his best. Yeah. Which is why you should never marry an 18-year-old when you're 37. That is, that's kind of weird. Well, back then that was normal. It was probably normal. But, um, so he sets out a little bit of a mission to convince her parents mm -hmm. that he's rich, he's wealthy, he, you know, I can care for your daughter, he's having these lavish balls, and he's actually showing up to them, though, in, like, the dress colors of the British, Right, and people are hissing says, at him. Yes, but on top of it, he's entertaining all the Tories instead of the loyalists. Because her parents were loyalists. Yes. So he's trying to make it. So anyways, they end up getting married. And he's feeling better. And he's certain that General Washington is going to put him back in the field. It, no. And he doesn't. But we need to talk about not John Andre, but Joseph Reed. This is the guy that really causes 
strike two. Okay. Okay. He's a, he is a loyalist. He's a politician, like a local politician. He's a businessman. He files a complaint to the Continental Congress because he's got some connections because he feels the same way they do about Benedict Arnold. Right. They launch an investigation. They come back and basically say to, to Washington, look, this guy's guilty. Like, he, he was making sure people couldn't operate their businesses until he got money. You know what I mean? Basically, right. he's corrupt. You need to discipline him. Well, George Washington had told Benedict Arnold, hey, look, don't worry about it. I got you covered, man. You're my boy. We got this, man. We got this just like, just, you know, we pour stuff out for our homies. You're good. Um, and he, when George Washington gets to Philly, he's basically told, if you don't condemn Benedict Arnold, if you don't come out hard on him, you're getting no more funding for your army. So for the good of America, George Washington becomes a traitor to Benedict Arnold. And they have the hearing, and George Washington comes down, levies a fine against him, and instead of sending him back to the field, sends him to West Point. Right. Which isn't like West Point today. Like, if you get sent to West Point today, that's like a privilege and an honor. Because you're training the next generation of leaders for the military. Right. So he now, now he's fuming. He's furious, right? And he's complaining to his wife. He's complaining to Peggy about they don't respect me. They don't value me. Look, I'm, I could be winning this war. I'm stuck behind a desk. Right. And she believes the hype. He comes home with the hype. It should be me. I'm like any good woman. She's like, you're damn right it should be. Right, right. You know? Instead of saying, hey, shut up and go work some overtime. I don't want to hear it. If, if if she would have been like that, we wouldn't even know. We'd probably he'd be like a footnote in history, right? Well, no, no, he would still be in history because of the naval aspect and the Saratoga event. So he would he, he would not be Sorry, a, Snoop. he would not be a villainized hero. Yeah, he would he'd be, be a, a hero, hero, hero hero. Yes. Yeah, we wouldn't be eating eggs, Benedict. Um, any of that stuff. Could be eggs Dupuis. Who knows? Um, so. She, Peggy kind of gets the idea like, you know, my first love interest, John Andre, really kind of wants this fort. Like, it's a key fort. And her and John Andre are still talking and having secret rendezvous. And they're like, hey, I, she's like, I think, I think that he feels like he's been slighted enough. I can turn him. Right. Because don't forget, her and her family are loyalists. Right. They're rich because of the British, not despite of the British. Right. So she kind of is like, hey, you know, gorgeous Benedict Arnold, my super amazing husband, I want you to meet one of my friends. So she sets up a meeting between him and John Andre. And initially, he was not having it. No, Andre did wanted nothing to do with Arnold. But on top of it, yeah, because his reputation is he's a hothead. Yes. But on top of it, the idea of being so pro-13 colonies, so pro-American, to now switching sides was tough for him to swallow. Right, it, it, it was a bit to swallow, yeah. Um... But eventually they work out a plan. Benedict Arnold decided that if, if he was going to do this, he was going to get the respect that he deserves. So he wanted a commission. He wanted his own troops. 
He wanted a title, you know, so that when he would go back to England after the war, or if, if not, he wanted to be appointed governor, right? Mm-hmm. And John Andre says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, hold on, hold on. I want 20,000 pounds. And John Andre was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anything you want, man. Which, back to our earlier conversation, Mike. 20,000 pounds is 1779. Is equal 3.7 mil. Our time. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. Now he, in the end, he only received about six thousand pounds, which is still in today's money one point one mil. Right, but that's enough to piss a man off too. Right, getting ripped off two mil. Yeah, getting ripped off now by both sides. Right. So, but anyway, so they work it all out. He gives, he draws this detailed map for John Andre of West Point. Uh, of West Point. So detailed. That he put stuff on there that only the person in charge of West Point would know. Right. Okay. So John Andre now is making his way from where they met back to British British area where the troops are. And guess what happens? What happens? He gets ambushed by militiamen. Uh-oh. Where they find these documents hidden in a fake heel of his, of his boot. boot. So... That's the, it gets back now to George Washington, like, hey, we caught this British, this British, you know, soldier, he's pretty high up, he's a commander, he's a spy, we caught him with some documents. So George Washington says, bring him to me. Right. So, as soon as he sees him. So upon hearing this, Arnold. Yeah. This is when his defection becomes 100%. Yeah, this is it. I gotta go. Like, okay, they just caught the dude trying that I'm trying to help out with. It's the only this stuff that it. I would know. Peggy, pack your shit. We gotta go. Right? Well, as soon as Washington looks at that stuff, he knows, right? I could just imagine. You know what I mean? Actually... I found an article on um, HistoryChannel.com. Actually, that's where I got all of my notes for this evening. That uh, George Washington came up with a plot to kidnap Benedict Arnold from behind enemy lines once he, in fact, defected. The (laughs) officer that he um, enlisted was a Sergeant Major John Champ. And he was uh, recruited to pose as a turncoat, as, you know, having all this information, you know, yeah. is, is false information. Yeah. Valuable, let me in your inner circle. Right. And then he actually got an audience with Benedict Arnold and was assigned to Arnold, morning, or to uh, Arnold's, uh, division called the Americans you know uh, ironically by the yeah. British and but the night that it was supposed to go down that they were going to kidnap him Arnold actually got orders to march somewhere else so he Champ had to spend an additional three or four months as posing as a British posing as a British until he unfortunately died in battle Whoops. That's not good. So anyways, they catch Major General John Andre. Andre. Yes, they do. They have a trial. He's he's a traitor. At he, this point... Actually, I have the exact date. On October 2nd, 1780... Major Sergeant John Andre was hanged for treason. Rest in peace, John Andre. Rest in peace. You, my friend, are not a villain. No. So, but Arnold, 
here's the thing about Benedict Arnold is after the war, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, he definitely did, but that's okay. After the war, he was well, actually not well perceived in Britain. Yeah. So, newsflash, I don't know. I don't, this is a spoiler alert, people. Spoiler <laughs> alert. The Americans actually win the Revolutionary <laughs> War. Wow! They win it. So you can skip that chapter in your history books. And everybody flees. We got you on this, people. Everybody flees back to England. Tom? Yeah. Um, he basically went, was like... Like, everywhere he went, people hissed at him in public. Yeah. Like, they... And if you're not familiar, if you're not, that's like the worst insult in the world back then. It was, yes. Um, like they held uh, Andre in such high regard that they actually felt Arnold uh, uh, being directly responsible for Arnold's death. Andre's death. Yeah, Andre's death. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, they basically said he's a mean mercenary. Who have adapted a cause for the sake of plunder and quits when the going gets tough, basically. That's, yes. Right? I mean, that's not good. So, they're basically just saying, yeah, he, he's a merc for money, he don't care yeah, what side it's for. Whatever, whoever looks like he's going to win, he's in favor. So, eventually, he gets his stuff established, and him and his sons go over to Canada. They go to New... They go to, uh... St. John, New Brunswick, which becomes the capital of one of the one of the big cities in New Brunswick. It's not as cool as um, Moncton, New Brunswick, where my people are from. Shout out to East Memorand Cook. That's what's up. Um, and and eventually, you know, the poor guy he gets sick, he dies after being arrested and held for a year by French for suspicion of spying. Surprise, surprise. So. Yeah, we talked about the group memorial. He actually had quite a bit of kids. His first three kids, one served, like we said, one served with the British Army in Jamaica. The other two were uh, lieutenants in the American Cavalry. And then with Peggy Shipton, they had five kids, all boys. No, three boys, four boys, one girl. I can't subtract. And all of them were served for the British. Some in India... Some went to Royal Engineers. Um, oh, speaking of India, um, he Arnold only received twenty percent of the vote he needed to by the door by the board to be hired by the East India Trade yes, Company. Yes, and then he would have been set for life. So look, let me tell you, as a worker, right? You go to work, you bust your butt, you do everything you need to do, you get passed over for that promotion, right? It does make you angry. Working people of the world, can you blame Benedict Arnold? I don't know that you can. He got pushed, he got pushed, he got pushed, and he finally said, you know what? These guys over here may appreciate me. It's like changing companies, right? Oh. A headhunter calls you and says, yo, I got a better job. And that's basically what it was, is he was, I'm doing all this, doing all this, doing all this. You These guys are getting passed off. These guys are talking shit on me, and you're believing them instead of me. They're offering me, you know, $3.1 million of today's yeah. money worth. Yeah. Um, I don't know about here, but a victim of circumstance. That's fair. It's like kind of like the movie The Perfect Storm, right? Right. Everything lined up. And, uh, and, and it just happened to be this was a guy that took everything personal, right? Everything was a slight. Um, but you can't take away the fact that whatever side he was on, the guy was a military genius. He was. He was a successful businessman, pulled himself out of... Close to being close to bankruptcy multiple times. Um, so there it is, people. Make up your mind. We're not going to tell you what to think. He died peacefully in his home in London at the age of 60 at 1801. 
I mean, that's a long life back then. That's what happens when you're a hero turned villain. So anyways, look, here's the deal. We're going to wrap it up. We're, we're on a mission to start keeping these short. Say goodnight, Chelsea. Goodnight. Chelsea is out. Um, have any ideas, let us know at mikehasadrink.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. I keep forgetting because I'm, I'm putting like the cart before the horse, like Reggie says, or something like that. Um, because we are going to be rich at some point, and we'll be able to afford that webpage. If, hit us up on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Give us a like. Uh, give us an idea to go on. Give us something. Yeah. And to the jerk that gave us a one star on the Apple Podcast, <laughs> we know who you are, and we don't like you either. Enjoy that one star, people. Be out.